cliffcentral.com. Hello and thank you for tuning in to Leadership Books Unpacked with Super Lead. Consider this. Have you ever wanted to read more business and leadership books, but you simply just don't have the time? Imagine reading a book per week. How absolutely awesome will that be? And how much more impact will that have in your team and your organization? So a lot of us have these demanding jobs and countless responsibilities. So our bookshelves, they end up with more books we intend to read than those that we have actually read. My name is Manda Chiflaro. I'm the CEO at Superlead, which is a strategy consulting and leadership coaching organization. And on this show, we deep dive into a leadership topic, which we anchor on a leadership book that we feature per week. And we share actionable insights aimed at advancing your leadership excellence. I'm joined here at Cliff Central Studio by my co-host, Nobile Ngobo, who is a director at Alpha International. Nobile, welcome to today's show. Hi, Manda. It's good to be here again for another week, unpacking another book. Excited to dive in. Fantastic, fantastic. Now, to you, our listeners... Are you perhaps in a team that needs urgent turnaround in its performance? Do you perhaps lead a team that has these problems or challenges that you probably think this will never get better? So if any of those questions are yes, stay with us uh, as we unpack literally how to turn that situation around. But before we do that, we don't just like to jump from one show to the other. We like to kind of do a little bit of recap. So Nobile, last week we spoke about this big idea of OKR and measuring what matters. Any reflections and perhaps some things you may have applied last week? Yeah, so last week's book was Measure What Matters by John Dewar and it looked at um, OKRs, objectives and key results and it was a simple idea that drives 10 times growth and um, this was really about investing in everyone knowing the objectives that we set as an organizational company and how we each contribute to achieving those great results and so you'll remember we looked at Google, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and other examples of companies that benefit from this but what I really liked was looking at management based objectives versus OKRs. So this idea of um, how we can use performance reviews not as a once-off assessment but as yeah. an ongoing review of how we're meeting our goals Lovely. and looking at what changes we can make in real time yeah. so that those <laughs> that I lead are committed to the results. I really like that takeaway. Not just one meeting, major meeting <laughs> With of performance. How did you do? And then we need to for decide. For the last 365 days. <laughs> but rather like ongoing. How can we how can we meet our results together? Lovely. And in that meeting, right? So you you got to do this review and we have to get the 10% salary increase for a producer. Yes. And all of it in I think she said 20. I think you've lowered. (laughs) Okay, she just wants more money. It doesn't matter. Yeah, Let's yeah. not let the percentages get in the way of more money for a producer. <laughs> all right. So so there you have it. After all these weeks, I think we are getting closer to that increase. And I know your boss is listening. So 
<laughs> so for today's show, uh, so many leadership teams uh, of b- uh, small or large businesses they have this enormous task to have to turn around performance, perhaps of a business unit or a function, or perhaps the whole organization, as, especially now at the heels of the COVID pandemic. And to that end, we are talking today about how to relentlessly implement a turnaround strategy. And we have a perfect book for this conversation. Mm, relentless Implementation by Alan Mullaly and Adam Witte. It's creating clarity, alignment, and a working together operating system to maximize your business performance. Sure. That's <laughs> a mouthful. <laughs> Sounds exciting, especially because it has clarity, alignment, working together, everything you need. <laughs> right. So, so I think I think this is one of my favorite books, and to to an extent, it's a, like a short read. Right? It's really small and concise. It's also somewhat almost a combination for today's conversation. It's almost like a combination of two books. There's um there's this fantastic book that came out. Um, a couple of years ago called The American Icon, mm-hmm. how Alan Melali saved the soul of Ford Company. So, so from that, uh, he's sort of Alan Malali's way of leading and how he turned around the company sort of came out of that and some of the speeches he started giving. And this author then decided to sort of codify this playbook. Of turning around a company. Mm, mm, that's really exciting. So tell us more about Alan Mullaly. Ah, so so Alan, he's, he's like one of those heroes of mine that that you just look from a distance. I'm like, yeah, um, what a guy, what a guy. But anyway, so he, to cut a long story short, he was the um, CEO of Boeing Commercial Airlines, okay. um, and really kind of just done a lot of amazing work there. Involved in me, in most of the the Boeing. Uh, Airlines and um, kind of turned around the performance soon after the the 9/11 uh, incidents. Mm. Just credited with a lot of success uh, at Boeing. Then you know, as he's doing well, is leading. He gets a call uh, from. Um, from Ford um, And uh, Ford was in this massive trouble The business was losing Just money uh, Pretty much every day But by summer of 2006 They'd lost already Like 17 billion US dollars wow. And they were projected To literally run out of cash mm. um, The culture was broken You know This this was this 130 year old Organization They'd done some amazing things in the beginning but you know things just started deteriorating people creating their own big careers inside um there were mini kingdoms mm. they were too regionalized there was just it just things were completely out of hand yeah and that's when they called Alan Malali and they said come in <laughs> <laughs> yeah so so they invited Malali to say hey um we'd like for you to come and help us turn this situation around yeah and um he was pretty much the first CEO to be brought in into sort of the motor industry from outside okay wow. um normally you know if you know the the CEOs from large motor companies will be you know Have inside folks yeah uh they've kind of been there and they kind of know the the, the ways and stuff and there was this like button down sort of super hectic culture and he just rocks up and you know easy going kind of guy but a guy with a plan if it mm. were wow that sounds really exciting because the fact that Ford is still here then <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, like thanks Alan 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. So so then Alan um it turns out um as we learn from from this combination of these two books really it turns out that he's got what he kind of calls his sort of uh, he calls it the working together operating system okay right and and he it's like a, he's got this principles just 11 of them principles and practices so that he literally whenever he gets appointed to some big role that's what he rolls out and he just works off Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, to an extent that it's, you know, it's kind of now well accepted that this working together operating system, it works. Um, uh, the, the thing about it though is, you know, that kind of makes it even more unique. He says that when he was the CEO of Boeing Commercial, when they're designing these airlines, there's about over 500,000 people involved in some way or the other. In the organization. In designing one airline. Oh, wow. Right? Okay. Across the world, right? Yeah. So, uh, so I think that sort of propelled him to figure out how do we kind of put together his, if it were, his way of sort of working together. Wow. And that's his literally what, that's literally the background to this book. So this book really just kind of lays out in simple terms what that working together operating system is. And this is the system that Alan Malali used to turn around Boeing. Mm. And Ford, um, and a number of many projects that has been involved in. Wow. I feel like you've already built the case, <laughs> but is there anything else that, <laughs> that you want to do as we lay the foundation before we dive into this operating system? Cause I'm excited to hear more about it. Okay, good. Yeah. So, uh, so I think, I think we, we should be right about now ready to dive in. Let's dive in. Let's dive in. Okay. So what is this working together operating system? What are the elements of it? Excellent. So, so, so Alan has got this sort of 11 principles, mm-hmm. um, and or uh, practices. And then, so that's, the, that's the first piece. Right? There's like these principles and practices of sort of working together to really turn around, um, a, a situation. And then in the book, it also talks about, you know, how he thinks about creating that sort of big plan. He calls the, 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 the value roadmap. And the book talks, talks about, you know, what are some of the things the leadership team can do and kind of outlines the process. But I think for today, we will kind of just dive into the principles and the practices and kind of relay some of the stories and perhaps how you as our listeners can start applying some of this today to turn around the situation you find yourself in. Yes. Okay. 11 principles, Manda. Watch the time. Let's dive dive in. The first principle. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe we don't touch all of them, but, 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 uh, but, but there's probably a few worth pulling out with the, with the stories that back those up because mm-hmm. there's some unique nuances that Alan really kind of uh, put together to to kind of address some of these difficult difficult uh, situations. The first one, people first. <laughs> Can you believe it? I love it. Is this the? I mean, you you probably think yours going to be a difficult one here. We need to pull out a, an equation um, from the Ill, uh, aeronautical engineer who Alain Malali is. So the first one is people first. Mm. In the true sense of that, 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 that value. Um, and really for him, it's about how do you put all the stakeholders first, customers, employees, vendors, all the communities that are, that are impacted by, by your organization and to truly treat them professionally, you know, courteously with dignity and respect. And some of these things feel a little, 
like yeah, yeah, yeah of course, right? Mm. But here's the here, here's an anecdote anecdote that that sort of uh, hit me, right? So. Yeah. He gets to, to Ford and there's a bunch of other things that happen. But one of the things he, he mentions is that he gets there and true to the people first, uh, principle, he says, give me the employee engagement survey. Okay. Right. So these are those surveys that employees fill out to sort of see how they're doing, how they're yeah. feeling, yeah, yeah, yeah. do they and buy into the vision. Yeah, yeah, all of that. You know, some have got the Gallup ones, and there's just a many of these type of stuff. And you, most organizations fill these ones, and and you as a listener listening to us, you probably remember filling one of these. And you know the, what the tragedy for most organization is that they fill these ones, these those surveys. People kind of pour their hearts out, and very little gets done. Hey, um. But for Alan, he gets the results. Mm-hmm. From the results, that's when he determined who is going to be in his team, who's going to lead which regions. All the key big positions largely were decided based on what the employees said on the employee survey. Wow. And he's incredibly passionate about that stuff um, to an extent that he says, don't do a survey. Employee survey If you're not going to act on it Super courageously And decisively Wow That's people first Sure That's amazing That's amazing And that's really great I suppose for the employees Of Ford as well That they know When they invest In responding to these surveys That there will be results The CEO is looking at them And it is determining How the roadmap For how the organization Succeeds is laid out Yeah And I don't know If you probably have been In in some of the organizations Where And I certainly have Been in organizations Where you feel that That the survey And then it goes away and then maybe there's like one speech about it that says yeah hey we had you we're doing something about it but like hardly ever nothing changes Mm, mm. especially the salary part Mm. (laughs) 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 Um, and and i think one too many um executives tend to sort of find justifications for why that score was low. Oh, it's because, you know, yes, we did a yeah. restructure. Oh, yeah. it's because, you know, it rained too much in, in, in KZN <laughs> or whatever the story is. Um, I think the first encouragement is if you're going to really turn around an organization or a team, this value of putting people first truly needs to be authentic and perhaps be adopted without, not, not with half measures. Sure. Yeah, that's really great. That's a really great first point that the people in the organization are what he thinks about first yeah. as he goes into it. Should we move on to the second principle? Yeah, the second principle really, it's almost like a, a, an addition to that. He says everyone is included. Everyone is included. Everyone is included. And this is from, you know, uh, the person that assists with cleaning all the way to all the executives and, um, and, Failing to sort of include everyone, especially when you're crafting the solution out of the space you're in, um, it's, it's essentially just doing disservice to, to you and the organization. Mm. Because some of the best ideas come from individuals that you probably think, you know, they might not contribute those best ideas. Yeah. yeah. Um, and his approach really is that for any big decisions, let's include as many people as possible to sort of surface the best ideas. Yeah, because you never know where the, the solution to the problem will come from. I like that he even says even the members of the media community where the company operates. Yeah. 
I, you know, I watched a speech of his where he was going to give a speech and then he says, Hey guys, I, we had this problem at, at, um, at Ford and, uh, you guys are smart. Hey, what do you think I must do? <laughs> and then he pulled out a little piece of paper and he started writing some of the ideas people were throwing in. And it's just that outlook that says, I'm not the superhero here. Mm. You know, I'm, we spoke about this. I'm, I'm going to be that person that creates genius out of everyone. Oh, that's so good. Okay. Third principle. All right. The third one we we're not going to spend uh, too much time on, but because we've kind of spoken about this quite a bit, which is, um, this idea that you must create a compelling vision. Mm-hmm. Uh, you must have a comprehensive strategy and, uh, and you must have sort of this relentless implementation. But I want to just kind of pull a, a, a note there that, that, that they, the the author highlights in the book, which is, a, you know, most companies have a vision, yeah. which is yeah, we have a vision, yay! But it lifts or rises to the status of compelling when the team wants to deliver. Wow! Like when 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 the team is bought in and they are committed to deliver to the vision, then only then can you say you have a compelling vision. Sure. When everyone buys into it. Yeah. Um, and then this, the, the other piece on this is this idea of relentless mm. um, uh, implementation, which is, uh, you know, once you have this strategy better down, you, pr- you want to persistently execute, you want to measure, and you want to track. Yes. Uh, we spoke, I think, two weeks ago about these strategy documents that gets made yes, yeah. and they're expensive and then they end up in the top drawer. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and that's not the way of Alain Malali, if it were. Sure. So compelling vision, comprehensive strategy, relentless implementation. And the fourth principle. Oh, you will love this one yes. because this is about having clear performance goals. Yay, we clarity. Spoke of, <laughs> and we also spoke about these um, uh, objectives and key results, right? Mm. This, this OKR. So. So we'll, we'll, um, we'll sort of skip this one. Let's go to the one plan. So that's the fifth principle. That's the fifth one. One plan. This one is, um, maybe we'll combine one, one plan and facts and data as well as the, the, the seventh one, which is everyone knows the plan, status and areas that needs special attention. Okay. So just for clarity, <laughs> Monday is combining the fifth, sixth and seventh principle of one plan, facts and data, and everyone knows the plan, status and areas that need special attention. Go. All right. Oh. <laughs> She's tough today. Eh? She's like keeping me on track. Right. Right. I think she probably got that increase <laughs> <laughs> all my homework is paying off <laughs> right um i i, I thought this was, this was powerful uh, yeah. y- you know the he's kind of saying high performing organizations don't have these multiple plans mm. right they have one plan Right in most organizations, you'll find you know there's like a um, a sales and distribution plan, and there's like an operations plan, and there's a marketing yes. plan, and it's got all of these many plans and the manufacturing plans, and it's kind of saying, no, have one plan. One plan. Right. You know, like you're, you're, he's the CEO and he's got all the members of his team, literally with one plan, and uh, that they go through. Every single Thursday morning, right? that's what he did. Six a.m. every Thursday, all his leadership. Glo- Why six a.m. though? 
<laughs> I think uh, I think they wanted to adjust for the time zones of, okay. of, of, of the other many countries. Sorry, I know that wasn't the point of what you were saying. <laughs> but, but also, like, if you're if you're in the US and you have to be up yes. and ready with your plans mm. and your presentations by six a.m. every Thursday, and and in the book they emphasize that these what they call the business. Plan review meetings Like They shouldn't move Right mm. They stay there Every single week You run them uh, For him He ran them for two hours mm. Now uh, <laughs> So now So he's got All his leadership teams Right yeah. They've crafted This one document With every single Detailed plan Of of how they're going to Turn around the business Which they kind of You know There's a process Of kind of going to Work that out the Strategy But then the important thing Is you translate All of that Into one big document mm. That you look at Every week Yeah Most organizations They will do The strategy And everybody Has their little plans Then we kind of Review the strategy Like every Six months or something like that mm. to kind of say, oh, okay, we all sort of headed in the ra- same direction, mm. and that's where sometimes you get that big disconnect, yeah. and that's why the book is kind of called Relentless Implementation. You've got the strategy, you translate it into this one monster plan, and then you you review uh, every Thursday. Now here's a, here's a twist, right? So in the plan. You kind of highlight the status. Okay, so we're gonna launch a new line of these new cars, right? By by. But let's say by July or something like that. Yeah. You've got this uh, green, yellow, or red. Um, you know, red means, hey, there's a new issue which we don't have a solution for. Uh, but you know, we, we're flagging that. Yellow, hey, there's an issue, but we are working on it. Mm-hmm. Green is, we're good to go. We're gonna, we're gonna hit the milestone. I think, um, I think, or maybe we've hit some of the milestones. So at the, the culture at Ford was such that when there was a problem, you don't bring it up unless if you have a solution. Before Alan got there. Yeah, before Alan okay. got there. So, and, and, and the most, most, com- most leaders kind of have this sort of mantra say, don't bring me problems, bring me solutions. Yes, right? yeah. Um, and according to Alan, that's a terrible way of leading mm. because when people don't have, when, when there's a problem and they don't have a solution and they don't bring to you, then that problem grows and festers and then you find out sometimes way too late yes. or when you know the customers are leaving and market shares dropping and you know when mm. there's chaos mm. i don't know if you ever had the, this this view that don't bring me problems bring me solutions yeah cuz when i read this i thought you know sometimes i'm like that because i i sometimes don't want to go to my manager as if I'm constantly bringing problems. So I always think of, okay, I need to have thought of a solution before I, I go yeah, yeah, yeah. so that at least we've sort of, I've shown that I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing something to try and solve it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so this was really, reading this really brought to the, the core, the idea that, but then sometimes that means if you can't think of a solution, you're spending more time hiding it and yes, yes. as you think of it and that could actually make it grow. Whereas a solution for it might not necessarily have to come from me. It could yes, be yes, someone yes. else on the team who actually has the solution for that problem spot on and this mm. is where the the idea of working together comes in so um and and you will see how how he sort of unfolds this so now they they've got this problem um and uh and the um, the he starts right guys we've lost 17 billion rand this year we're running out of money um there's a good chance that you know we might literally kill this 130 year old fantastic company mm. 
and and they got these lines, three hundred of them. You know, like you know, bringing all the plans, and you get this sort of every executive is going through. Okay, this is going well. This is this is that, and pre first time, first week. All of them were green <laughs> So he's like Yeah We are losing market share We are losing money And everything is green Everything is going well Yeah Because, <laughs> because no one can Because if you Dare say there's a problem In my area At the time You were gone So it's that self-preservation Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know You were gone immediately um, Then week two Everything is green So he's kind of getting frustrated Because he's like Guys we got problems um, And everything is green in your, On your end But then he says Trust the process So he trusts his, his, his process Of like Okay we're going to go through this Every week mm. I think around week six Or something like that there, There's a guy Who ran the The North and South America uh, Region Yes uh, Mark he, he he then There was a problem With with uh, with some An actuator In one of these lines So he stopped Production uh, And that's a big deal Yes So his team Mark's team says Alright Everything is green And Mark kind of goes Yeah Maybe this is one of those things Alan speaks about Which is Supposed to be red Uh so after a lot of de- deliberation Mark kind of say Okay We're going to put this chart red So he shows up At the Thursday 6am meeting <laughs> <laughs> So So he gets there and then everybody, everyone is, is red. It's green, right? It's green. <laughs> and there's not even yellow. Everything is going well. Everything is going well. Then Mark goes, goes, and gets to that part. And then he's got one red. Apparently, they say you could literally, like, I mean, you could, it was as if, like, if someone took out the air in the room, right? Mm. Because everyone is going to go, Mark is gone. <laughs> it was good no, knowing goodbye, you. Goodbye, Mark. Yeah, goodbye. So apparently, like, everybody's leaning in. They look at Mark. They look at Alan. Look at Mark. Look at Alan. Then Alan started clapping. Yes. And, and, um, he says, that's it. This is what I'm talking about. Yes. Literally commended Mark and says, yeah, tell us about, about what the issue is. And, and yeah, this is this problem that we face. So we stop production. And Alan leaned back and said, hey, anyone, who, how can we, uh, help Mark? Um, you know, someone from engineering jumped in, someone from manufacturing jumped in, from, from the other area jumped in. Within a couple of weeks, the problem was solved, wow. and and Mark survived. Not survived, <laughs> but like uh, to an extent, like you know, like Alan will say, "Okay, Mark," because you're the only one with red. Come sit next to me. You're like my mm. best friend almost. And people start to see this change and approach, and and everything turns greens for Mark. The couple of weeks after, like apparently the 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 status, the reg status was like uh, mostly red. Everyone's <laughs> like, okay, I was a problem. Like like pull out problems from yes, yeah. uh, from everywhere. And and his thing is that you wanna have that kind of culture where he calls these problems gems. Mm. So a red item, it's a true gem. In two ways One it allows everyone in the team to jump in And work together That's why it's kind of called The the working together uh, operating system Mm -hmm. Because you kind of bring the table And then we say alright How does um, How does You know How does Nobile help How does this one help And then we all sort of galvanize around that And we help lift the problem And the second thing is 
issues never stay too long unresolved. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I think I hope this is sort of practical enough. I imagine you could do something like that. Perhaps yeah, this is really practical. Six a.m. <laughs> Maybe not at six a.m. in the morning, <laughs> but this is really practical because it shows that the outcome of bringing up a problem is not that you might lose your job or be in trouble, but the outcome is that the issue gets solved. Yeah, and it's creating that culture that we want to solve problems together. Yeah, um, which I think is really practical. Um, I like Alan. <laughs> <laughs> I told you he's also he's also someone of my hero, and I, I, I think. Um, to you know he says sort of as a leader your job is to encourage the team to bring all the facts and the data to the surface yeah. bring all the issues as soon and as quickly as you can because mm. then you're sort of inviting the team to sort of come alongside um mm. uh, the journey the, the biggest thing i love about the plan idea is is this thing that you have one plan oh and there's a component about this says which says everybody knows the plan Yes. Right. In most organizations, you know, there's like, there's like, there's the plan uh, that like seven people know, right? And then there's like another plan that another set of people know. And then there's another plan that, you know, you know, there's a lot of this sort of secrecy. And when you're in a turnaround and, and you really want to uh, change things around as fast as you can, you want to have one plan. Integrated all the plans in you wanna you want everyone to know that because then they can always think of ideas to contribute right the second thing is you want to make sure everybody knows what's red and what's green and mm. and all of that is transparent yeah to an extent he he took the same plan to the banks right and 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 they kind of he went to the bank to say, to raise money to fund the the turnaround uh because you know they were they were running out of ra- cash runway um he, he took the same plan to the bank whenever um, you know journalists and everybody kind of ask what's going on he just said the same thing over and over again mm mm which is which to me most 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 sort of leaders because the, you know we're the in the, of the intellect we want to just kind of say something once and you know we just assume everybody's going to go ahead and and sort of do it um uh, but for Alan it's just about reputation he starts the 6 a.m. meetings apparently he starts by articulating the vision imagine mm-hmm. every week right here's our vision here's our strategy here's our overall plan yeah. and then each sort of senior executive kind of unpacks their detail yes imagine repeating yourself 52 times in a year like that wow wow how many leaders have the courage to even repeat the same strategy message mm. uh, four times a year yeah yeah i think that's great Good. Okay, we bought in five, six, and seven. So All we're right, on to so principle number eight. Ooh, <laughs> so uh, this is going. This is going well. I think. I think. I think. Uh, I think we're going to pull this together quickly. So no, <laughs> number eight, really, it's it's just about this idea that um, you wanna you wanna have this sort of find a way attitude, right? Okay. Um, especially as a as as you as you as a leader, your outlook. Informs a lot about what people will do, mm. and he, the, the the author goes on to literally say that your outlook really informs the results. If your outlook is like we're defeated, you can you can bet on it that yeah you will be defeated. Yeah. So so problems will come. You might have the perfectly articulated plan, meet every week. Problems will come. The key there 
is that we must, as a collective, have these things. Okay, we've got a problem. We've got a radio. Um, but we will find a way. Yeah, yeah. And I like this because it's not just around just being positive for the sake of being positive. <laughs> yes, yes. We're really being positive in a way that says, you know, we're going to, we know there is a solution. And so we're going to focus on finding a solution to this problem. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think number nine is... Um, it's almost like uh, integrated already um, in what we've said. It kind of says, hey, you must respect, listen, help, and appreciate each other. Yeah. I, I mean, he's, he's kind of saying uh, to an extent that he goes to Ford and he was using words like, hey, you guys must love each other. And people are like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> you must like, you know, listen to each other. And, 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 and he had this idea that for him, you know, this is about leadership is anchored on humility mm. uh, and this notion to sort of say to serve is to leave yes. um and you must sort of like in his view you must care deeply about the people you work with yeah that's really great i, I had, had this thing around um this rule around hey don't have a sense of humor um at someone else's expense Wow. Yeah. That's really uh, good. And, 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 you know, we like the, more, you know, people kind of have these sort of politics and stuff and yeah. talk bad about each other. Um, for him, that was a no, no. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he, he up, uh, upheld this principle so much that if you violate any of this stuff, you are on your way out. Wow. You're given 90 days to correct your behavior. Sure. Uh, otherwise you're, you're gone. That's, That's how important good. this stuff is. Yeah, respecting each other. Yes, I love yes. that. I love that. Okay. Principle ten. Ooh, ten and then we're gonna go eleven and we're yes. gonna wrap this up. Oh, this is good. This is good. <laughs> this is good. All right. Um the the number ten is around having emotional resilience. Um and just trust the process. And when things come, you kinda say, Here's my process. We're gonna we're gonna weather the storm. And we have a plan, the team is committed. We will weather this storm together. Yeah, uh, which I think is a powerful principle to to have, not just for leading, but but just for for us as human beings to kind of say storms will come from any angle. Yes, uh, it's up to us to really kind of trust that we are we are doing the right thing. We made the right call. And we are committed to the path. Yeah. And that brings, I think, a lot of, you know, understanding that when these obstacles come, we don't see them as a hindrance, something that's going to stop us, but rather we're together figuring out how to, to traverse them. I yeah. love that. Remaining resilient and trusting the process. And number 11 is my favorite. Yay. If we had sound effects, <laughs> we'd have an applause. <laughs> that's number 11 says have fun. Have fun. Enjoy yeah. the journey. And each other that's great that's yeah, great this idea of you know i'm just here to deliver the results and like everyone else you shut off uh, from you um it's not the alan malali way yeah uh, and i love that because it should be fun yes, to work yes. together with skilled motivated people yeah like that is like exciting yeah and so have fun in the process Good one. Do you remember any of the principles? I do. Do you, you want me to pick, just pick one or two? <laughs> it's my 
my homework. I love people first. That's number one. Everyone is included. I love that too. But I love that um, everyone knowing the plan, status, and the areas that need special attention. I think creating that environment where people don't have an issue bringing up where they're struggling and where there's problems coming up. Yeah. And then, of course, just like respecting and appreciating each other yeah. um, on the team. Because I think that roots out all the politics, the yes, gossip, yes, yes. like all the negative things that can come into an organization when yeah. you don't have trust for each other. Absolutely. I think this is this has really, really been great and really practical too. Lovely. So I've, uh, f- from my perspective, so um, I've had a few leaders with sort of their... Almost they kind of call them their their leadership manifesto, if it were, you know, and they will sort of write it down almost like this, um, and and they they kind of go back to those. And some of the leaders listening to us probably you have your own manifesto. Maybe the encouragement there is to perhaps consider some of these these elements that Alan brings, because uh, I think some of them are truly powerful and and um, and worth considering. And there might be some some of us listening saying, hey, I don't have my sort of 11 go-to principles or manifesto. Perhaps you just Embrace the Alan Melali one, mm. um, and, um, and implement for yourself and for your team and for whatever the situation you're finding yourselves in. Um, Alan has proven just one too many times. And if you, if you sort of read the American icon, you will just see how many times he's kind of proven that his manifesto for turning around difficult situations work. Mm. Mm. This is really great. You, you would so. like to adopt it? No. I, I I think I would. For me, this is like really practical and putting people first. The idea of working together first, including everyone, I think is important. Um, and so, and the fact that he's done it, these huge organizations, yeah. you know, he has that track record, yeah, showing that it can really work. Everyone investing. Excellent. So let's wrap it up by some, you know, how tos, you know, how to from here. Uh, maybe the next minute or so. Um, the book they kind of say, hey. Let's assume you want to kind of embrace this. Yeah. Uh, the first step, you literally will be sort of bring everyone in and kind of go through these, these uh, operating principles like one at a time and ensuring every single team member understands all of these things and they kind of buy into um, the principles, right? And you kind of say, okay, this is what we're going to embrace. It's going to almost form... As it's going to be the way we work mm-hmm. for the next six months as we turn around whatever situation this is. And, and the other thing is like you want to share and reshare and like share so many times, kind of do the visuals, put them wherever you can find. Um, and he's got this little thing where he's got a small card where they're all written down, right? So you can literally, while you're waiting for your Uber, uh, just kind of pull it out and mm. just have it in front of you. Mm. And that way you sort of reinforce that clarity yeah that's really great good you're ready to go turn around things at alpha <laughs> yeah i think we can all take this and, and apply it to our own leadership so really excited relentless uh, implementation excellent so um we wish you well as you you face uh the situation uh, that you need to perhaps Consider turning around Even if it's urgent It might look super impossible And I th- uh, I, that's why we brought in Sort of this playbook uh, From Alain Malali Who has literally Kind of just applied The same playbook In almost impossible situations And came out on top So until then Go out there And super lead Cliffcentral.com